வெல்கம் டு கிரியேட்டிங் வெல் த்ரூ பேசிவ் அப்பார்ட்மெண்ட் இன்வெஸ்டிங் பாட்காஸ்ட் இன் திஸ் ஷோ வி வில் டிஸ்கஸ் அபவுட் பெஸ்ட் அண்ட் வர்ஸ்ட் எக்ஸ்பீரியன்சஸ் அபவுட் பேசிவ் அண்ட் ஆக்டிவ் அப்பார்ட்மெண்ட் இன்வெஸ்டிங் அண்ட் ஐ ஆம் யுவர் ஹோஸ்ட் ராமகிருஷ்ணா Let's begin the show. Today's our guest is Brock Hallman from Hallman Capital Group. Welcome, Brock. Hey, Rama. How's it going? Yeah, going well. Hope uh, from your side also. Yes. Yeah, great. We're down here in Florida. It's another beautiful day. Yep. Yep. Cool. And a little bit about Brock, 27-28-year-old uh, real estate investor operating in Florida, specializing in the built-to-range single-family and small multi-family space. They built and managed all of their properties in-house. After $100 million worth of built and flipped properties, he realized it was time to start keeping for the long haul. The first company rental they kept in Florida was in November, and now they have successfully tenanted 32 with another 46 rentals in the construction pipeline. by the end of the year one of his goals at the beginning of the year was to get 100 plus keeper properties by the end of the year they are now expanding to the second and third markets in florida so with that brock you want to add anything to your background well you you brushed on a, the brief i guess the last uh, 12 months of it quickly and yeah so i mean really i've just been such i've had such a passion towards real estate in general and i guess there's two levels of passion towards real estate the the first one is which is what i was for the first 10 years i guess 9 years which was buy and flip and and try to make as much money and and then uh, you know you feel like you're rich and you go blow your money and then you got to go do it again and by the way you're paying taxes every time and then there's that advanced level i guess it's like real estate 102 instead of 101 where you actually learn that the smart people are not the ones that are flipping the properties and making the money the, the, the smart ones are the ones that are are here for the long haul to capture that appreciation the debt pay down the cash flow the appreciation and, and rental and uh rental prices and and all that stuff and really it just it just kind of hit all at once but when it hit and i wasn't really in a position to just go out and just start buying 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 so we just changed our business model a little bit because when we first got to florida it was more of a buy and sell like i was saying and now it's like buy um buy when i say buy and sell by the way i meant buy the lots we build the properties and then we sell them and we were selling them to investors um and then the prices just got too crazy when we changed our business model to keep as many as possible we had to maximize really the the income that we can get off of one single sale in order to sell the least amount as possible and keep the most amount as possible and really we were only in a position to start that last year at the end of 2020 we tried at the beginning of 2020 and then all the the financing and and all the hell broke loose so it pushed us back a few months but we got our first rental property in the state of Florida in November last year that same property in November um, we rented it out for 17 25 a month that same exact floor plan is now bringing in $2050 per month yeah the build cost went up quite significantly but it's uh i don't know it's so much more lucrative the cash flow everything is it's just so much better and if i veered off the topic here a little bit rama just just interrupt and and tell me but yeah so now now we're in a position where we can just we're just keeping as much as we possibly can we're throwing them on these 30 year commercial notes fixed 30 year and yeah it's going great so we've got 32 that are actually tenant occupied we have 14 more that'll be completed by the end of september 
that'll, that we'll be keeping. And all in all, if we weren't to buy any or start any other additional houses or doors this year, we would be at 78. And it's going to be awful difficult to make it to 100 built properties that we're going to keep this year, which was my goal on the January 1st. However, we will be at 100 plus at least lots or properties that will that will be converted into rentals as soon as the construction is done by the end of the year, which is exciting. And yeah, like you like you brushed on, we're also going to be expanding over to down south. We've just we've been buying a lot of property in in uh, the Sarasota area, and then we're also looking further south towards the um, right around Fort Myers or the Naples area, and we're also looking out on the East Coast right now. We're about to start buying over towards the Space Coast, which is exciting. Got it, and thank you. Thanks for sharing that. So, would you share your thought process of uh, selecting these markets, and you know, uh, and strategy behind building and managing properties, and share me the process, you know? Yeah. So I, we chose. I mean, Florida has always been. I guess it's always been sort of like a boom and bust market, but. To be fair, it's not the same as it was like in 2008. And I kind of I kind of got the sense of that before we actually chose the market a couple, two and a half years ago, because it seemed like a more of a trend. At the time I was living in, in the Northeast, I was living in New York City and then I moved to Washington, D.C. In both spots, you could actually see a lot of people, this was like in 2017 and 18, that were starting to move down to Florida or like they were wanting to move to Florida. And then as things, as, as politics really started to heat up in America, like it really drove a lot of people out of those more expensive markets and down to the cheap and cheerful and wonderful weather that you get in Florida. You don't, you can keep your money on your taxes. We're business friendly. We're, it's just a wonderful place to be. Everybody feels like most people that live in this state are in a cheerful, good mood. I mean, it's just totally different. And when you see all these people just in a line coming down and the migration to Florida, it was just really quite unbelievable. And, and you, you just, you had a feeling that it, it felt like California 2.0, it, it, like kind of like how California was for the last 30, 40 years where just so many people wanted to be there and everybody's moving there. It's just so much money coming into the, the state where, you know, prices just keep going up and up and up and there's just not enough supply. And you can kind of see that here in Florida. And now it's really, it's, that's really the case um, with the stuff that you see here on the ground every day. And that's, that's, that's really what kind of drove us to Florida and continuing to drive a lot of people here every single day right now. Got it. And share me that process of, you know, building and managing properties and, you know, the process, you know. Of oh, the process for the building and managing? Yes. Yeah. So we've got, we do it all in-house. I've got, I have a team of acquisition people. So all they're doing all day is we're going out and they're trying to find infill lots to buy. And these aren't like complete subdivisions where there's 400 lots in one run and all that. Um, We'll get there. But as for now, we're buying infill properties where we can go out and buy three, four lots a week in one specific area. So now that we're in another couple areas, we've like we've been, we bought six lots last week in the Sarasota area. We're, so they're focused completely on purchasing the lots. So we have a complete checklist and all the criteria. As long as it meets it, then we're there. We're ready to buy the lots and then push them over to our construction team. Our construction team is unbelievable, so efficient. 
So the quality is is so unbelievable. And I know I don't know if you get the chance to check out our, our website and just like the, the kind of product and finishes that we put out, but it's not like your average rental property. They're more of a they're they're actually in, in these subdivisions that we're building in, we're next door to like a a DR Horton or an LGI Homes or you know these big builders, national builders, where they're actually selling retail product. However, if you walk into their homes and then you walk into our homes, you wouldn't believe that ours are rental properties. I mean, they're just, they're, they're like the Mercedes Benz of rental property. We have all tile floors. They're all concrete block homes. We have higher ceilings, just, I mean, upgraded doorknobs to the baseboards, to the uh, all light fixtures, quartz countertops, all that stuff. So they're, they're upgraded uh, to the nines and the tenants really like that. And we've been able to attract a very high quality tenant base for the management team and not to jump to the management side too fast. So back, let me give the credit to my construction team. We've created a, an unbelievable system and set of processes that allow us to build so efficiently. And our average build time is under 55 days for our single family homes, which is out of this world, especially with the material shortages and everything that we're dealing with, um, which we deal with on a daily basis. Um, we just have an incredible team that is willing to do what it takes. And if they don't know what it takes, they're not afraid to ask. And we, um, you know, we all work together to make sure that if we don't have windows coming to a job, then we'll go, we'll drive to Miami to go make sure we can go pick something up. Okay. Stuff like that. And then as soon as we get to a certain stage in construction, typically it's been where we're completed with the framing, then our leasing team will then proceed with getting the, um, the properties marketed and, We'll find a nice qualified tenant. And I'd say 75% of our new builds that we've been doing this year have been pre-leased. So we've got a tenant ready to move in as soon as we've got the CO. So we, we push it out around five to, to 10 days after our schedule shows that we're done with the property. And we've got a tenant moving right in. And as soon as that tenant moves in, we've got our financing ready to come in there and take it out and give us a, a long-term loan on the property, which is great. It's, it's really working out to be a beautiful little system. Got it. So what is your team size now from acquisition and also now construction and also leasing everything? Yeah. So we're not that big, but we're, we're starting to, we're growing. It feels like we're growing a lot. Let's see. We've got two construction managers, two field guys, three in the office, and then another two in acquisitions. And then we've got somebody that's helping us with contracts. So I, I didn't even count. What was that says? It's hard to keep up because we have so many subcontractors that aren't really directly in the office and all that goes out too. So let's see. We've got one, two, three. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, you get it, man. I think it's around. I think it's eleven people. Yeah, got it. So, how did you form this? Uh, I mean, solid team. You know, it's trial and error, man. Um, and really, the first ten years of my career, it was it was me just blaming it on team members. To be honest, if I didn't feel like they were up to the challenge, or I didn't feel like they were following directions. I would always blame it on team members like, oh, why can't they understand this? Why can't? But really, it hit over the last couple of years that you can't just hire people and expect them to be an all-star teammate. Like you, you've got, you have to give them directions. You've got to give a set of checklists or some sort of roadmap that guarantees can help guarantee their success. And if you can do that and they can learn that roadmap, 
then you can be a little bit more hands-off and expect success. The, the teammate will su- expect success and they won't want anything short of it. So I really think it's all about a nice set of systems before you can, e- before you should even bring any teammate on. I mean, it's not fair to the employee or whoever you're bringing on to help with the task to bring them on if they don't know what the hell they're going to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. And so would you share any of, you know, uh, challenging experiences you've faced, you know, so far? Challenging experiences. So, I mean, I could honest, I could go on for hours about this stuff, but let's see, let's pick one. I don't know. I guess one big, the most challenging thing right now is would be the, the material side. I guess that would be a big challenge. Um, and then you've got the, it's, it's hard, man. Cause you've got, if you're not on top of your game, then you're, it doesn't matter how quick you can build if you can't get materials. So you've got to make sure that you order your materials at a certain time. And, and now you're even at the point in this realm of business where if you're totally prepared and you know exactly what to do and you do it quickly, as far as ordering materials, you're still have a big window of getting screwed. And like, for example, windows right now are like six months out with our supplier. So it's difficult especially saying that we build a property in, in less than 60 days to plan around for, for materials that aren't going to show up for six months. So I'd say that that's probably our biggest, biggest challenge right now. And I don't know when it'll go away. Nobody really does, but all we can do is just keep trying to modify our systems to, to adapt to the situation and, and do the best we can. Yeah, got it. So would you also share any best practices you have implemented? best practices. I think, honestly, think um, our best practice, I mean, we're, we're completely, we have so much integrity as a team, um, as a company. But I think one thing that I'm super proud of as far as a best practice would be providing an actual quality home to um, renters. I mean, there's so many landlords out there that just provide junk housing or junk service if something's wrong with the property. And I think we really we take pride on our quality. We have so many people that want to come live in our, our properties and they're, they're just, every, everybody's so satisfied. And it's not just the 30 something that we've got tenanted here. I mean, it's it's all the properties all throughout the history of, of, uh, of our companies, and whether that be in Tennessee or Mississippi, Florida, North Carolina, anywhere. I mean, we provide a wonderful product. We give great finishes and color schemes and all that stuff for tenants. And we go above and beyond and it provides an actual home for these people instead of just another house they're renting. Got it. Cool. Cool. And would you share any of your best real estate investing experience so far, Brock? My best real estate investing experience so far? Yeah. Has definitely been this year. And there's been other times where, where yeah, I make, I'll make more immediate money and maybe that's more gratifying at the moment. But this is definitely my best experience as a real estate investor for the 10 years I've been doing this stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's just buying, keeping, or I guess building, keeping. And just to watch the cash flow, just sit here and, and watch our dashboard and watch our numbers, our cash on cash. I mean, our cash on cash is averaging over 30%. It's, it's unbelievable. And it's, I don't know, it's very rewarding experience. And to be able to, like I said, help out and provide a wonderful property for people to live in at the same time is <laughs> it's like a dream come true. Got it. So what is your typical price range of the house? As far as like the, the retail value? Yes. Yeah. So, so our, this is the funny thing. So 
inflation or how home prices, this is, I mean, I know that they've gone up a lot over the, the country, especially over the last year, but Florida has been really insane. So these houses, every house that we're building is averaging the retail price is as of today. Now this goes up like every week. It's insane. But this this week, it's $305,000 a door on our single family houses. That's what we could get retail. And when I said that we sell a very minimum amount of them, but the smallest amount we can to keep everything and pay the bills. We, we've got right now, like last week, we just signed a contract with a, a fund that wanted to buy a few of them. So we're selling them. them. They're paying two ninety five cash. Properties at that, they will, they're renting out for um, our smaller plan, which is still a four bed, two bath. It's going for 2050 a month. Then we have a little bit up, more upgraded plan with an extra 100 square feet. It's going for 2150 a month and people actually are preferring that plan. So the, the numbers, the numbers are, if they work for them paying cash at the, that, then you can imagine they're working out beautifully for us at build cost and overhead. So that's, that's about what we're, that's about our average deal here. Got it. So what's the square feet of the house? So yeah, the, the smaller plane I was talking about is 1,605 square feet living area. And then the other one is 1,700 square feet living area. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. So would you also share any of your worst or challenging experience in real estate so far? I would say the most challenging would probably have been that 30-day period in March of 2020, where I felt like we were finally turning the corner as far as scaling up. Um, the year before, the most properties we'd ever built at one time was five in Florida. And then that year, we had finally started to, to ramp things up. We were just starting out and we would finally gotten, we were at 14 of them started under construction. And then we had another 10 that were about to be going. And then all the financing decided to fall through. And that made it extremely difficult. Um, all the properties, the 14 that were under construction at the time, we weren't keeping everything. So we had 12 of them that were actually that had fallen out of contract. So you start to worry about that stuff too. And yeah, you just, you know, but, but as long as we just, I put my head down, kept kicking, fighting, scrambling. Luckily, the world started to snap back a little bit or, or become a little bit less afraid. The financing doors started opening back up. I went, got on a webinar with all of our investors that were buying properties from us. I told them that we are going to start pre-leasing the properties because a lot of people were afraid that there weren't going to be tenants there to pay the rent. Um, that's why they were dropping out. So we added an extra layer to any underwriting process, made sure that we we were getting qualified people. We were taking a look at the job, making sure that it wasn't like a hospitality, which was difficult to do in Florida because everything was closed hospitality wise. We did a lot of adjusting during that little period and it worked out for the best. Got it. Thank you. So what is your current focus yet? Something you're excited about now? I'm excited for these next few areas because I feel like we finally have figured out the model, figured out the system on way to, to scale this or actually make it sort of feel like a franchise where we've we've figured it all out in one area. We've now we're closing in on 200 builds in this this area over the last couple of years. And it's I feel like we've we've figured out all the the um, necessary things we needed to to be able to replicate this in the second 
third and fourth areas. So that's that's what I'm really excited about um, because our numbers have really been scaling just with one area. And now that we're going to have the opportunity to multiply that by another two to three or four is extremely exciting for me. Cool. And congratulations and good luck with that. Thank you, Ron. Sure. So any one advice that have impact on you, Brock? Oh, boy. I think the best advice, I don't really, I think that people just need to stay in their own lane. They need to get really good at one thing instead of trying to be focused on a million different things and then have a set of systems and and procedures and how to operate perfectly at that one thing. And if you can love that one thing and figure that out, and uh, then the best things can come out of that. And you've got to have a, a, a strong mindset to, to just keep going and don't lose or give up to, to anybody. If it's your dream or your goal, then just keep fighting until you actually achieve it. Got it. That is solid advice. Yep. So any books that impacted your life and what way? Oh boy. I'll do the old cliche, the Robert Kiyosaki, obviously the rich dad, poor dad. I mean, that, that, it was like a wake up call. It's like a bomb went off in my head. And then Cash Flow Quadrant, the next one, that was probably my favorite one by him. But I'll tell you, the most read book that I've got would be the 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. I think that's that's kind of like how I, that's basically the Bible of my business life. Just give everything more, outwork anybody around you and, and it'll show. And people just wonder, how did you do it? It's really all it was is about effort, determination, mindset. And that book taught the hell out of me for to really just pound, pound away and, and never give up and, and keep fighting. And I, I will really love that book, The 10X Rule. Awesome. Both are awesome books. Yep. So how about giving back to community? Oh, man, that's exciting stuff to do. I grew up in Memphis and see, I did this last year here in Orlando and uh, nothing against my hometown. I miss it, but I didn't go back last year. But every Christmas we we go out and we get 10, 12 families that, that can't afford Christmas gifts. And we go out and get we'll go out as an army and go buy all the gifts have a, a good weekend of just rapping, rapping, rapping all night. And then um, we'll go out and, and deliver these gifts. And last year, it was a little bit more difficult. Uh, they wouldn't allow us to go out and deliver them. Hopefully, it's different this year. But that right there, it feels so good to be able to do stuff like that. And I know that as the business grows and I'm allowed more time and the business makes more money, I'm excited to do those type of things and more, you know, more volume as life goes on. Got it. Cool. So how can listeners can connect with you, Brock? Yeah. So I'm honestly, I'm not, not great at social media, but I've got somebody on there and we're, we're on, you can go to my website, www.hollemancapitalgroup.com and check us out, check us, check our product out. If you want to chat or anything, we can schedule a meeting there and, and, and talk. I love talking to everybody about real estate. It's my favorite thing to do. And then we've got, we do have an Instagram. If y'all want to follow us on there, um, we're trying, we're in the middle of trying to get a little bit more active, but at Holloman Capital Group is our Instagram. And then you can also find me on Bigger Pockets too. I'm, I try to get on there and, um, and answer messages from time to time. Cool. And thank you, Brock. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for adding value to the show. Thanks for having me on, Rama. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message, info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. 
I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.